Everybody. Welcome back. It is the Razball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. And uh, across from me, if you're watching on YouTube or, you know, if you're listening on the other side of the microphone, the good looking man across from me is the one, the only Gray Albright. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I, it sounds like you're looking in a mirror, B-Don. <laughs> uh, I'm good. I, uh, I, hey, hey, what's going on, uh, uh, general public? <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were actually just talking about this strange coincidence, Gray. Uh, I don't know how many other podcast partners can say this, but we have a birthday that's one day apart. And uh, every year, I think we say this, and every year it surprises us. So, uh, you know, here we are again. And uh, so we're here to record uh, the top 20, though, Gray. Um, Honestly, it's kind of like, it's so surprising when I hear it, that it's it, like that you're January 17th and I'm January 18th. And, and by the way, if anyone's out there listening who's January 19th, come on the show. <laughs> we'll, we'll welcome you. But anyway, it's so surprising to hear that every, like, a couple days before our our birthday week, <laughs> we have a birthday <laughs> week, by the way. A, a couple days before our birthday week, we always remind each other, uh, and we kind of have forgotten that it's like, oh yeah, that's right, that's so weird, and it's so weird. You would think we would remember. <laughs> we don't. I, I don't know. By this time next year, I'll be like, isn't your birthday around now? <laughs> anyway. We should do something sometime. Maybe go to Vegas. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Drag DT out of his yurt straight to Vegas. That'd be, uh, that's a perfect transition. <laughs> donkey. Donkey. <laughs> Wake up. Get out of your yurt. Okay, anyway. <laughs> All right, so a quick notice uh, before we get into the top 20. If you are listening right now and it's early in the season and you want the baseball rankings before they are released on Razball, you can always go subscribe to the Patreon for a cost of a Starbucks coffee or like a dozen eggs right now. You can get Patreon and go ahead and get those rankings. They're already out there. Like, you can go see them right now. Go do it. Just, just yeah. go do it. Yeah, you know, actually, you, speaking of eggs, <laughs> sorry, I don't mean to derail. Uh, oh, want, we're already screwed. Try, yeah, I'm not trying to derail this, but I went to the supermarket recently, and there was no eggs, and they were like, "Oh yeah, supply issues." I'm like, guys, come on, no man. No eggs at a supermarket. I mean, in Los Angeles. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, it's like. I'm not saying Los Angeles is the greatest city in the world, but you would think a major city would have eggs in a supermarket. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, 
That 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 story went. That, that was the egg okay. story. The whole the whole egg story was that you didn't have eggs available to I you. Didn't have eggs. I was like, hey, where's your eggs? No, actually, the whole story is I went to Rite Aid and I was like, oh, you have club soda, and they're like, no, we don't. And then I saw eggs, and I was like. You have eggs? And like, yeah, like, when did you start carrying eggs? Like, we always carried eggs. Like, oh, that's weird. Okay, um, I need club soda and eggs. You know what? I'm just going to go to the supermarket because I don't trust your eggs at Rite Aid. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> not to insult you. And then I went to the supermarket and they were like, we don't have eggs. I was like, oh, my God, I can't go back to Rite Aid now. I just insulted them. <laughs> anyway, so you're living, you're living egg-free right now, Gray. Yeah. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Okay. I think eggs are like the one thing I would trust from just about anywhere, just because, like, they're, I mean, what are you going to do? There's nothing you can do to them. You're going to know if they're bad. You can do the water yeah. test, they'll smell bad. Like, I'm okay with the egg thing. Yeah. All right. Let's get into this first tier, Gray. Um, the Smithsonian Can Eat a D is the name of your first tier. <laughs> yeah. Number that, that one. Makes... I mean, he. He he deserves his spot here. Trey Turner, also known as his multiversal counterpart, Treat Earner, because that's what he does. He just earns you treats. You, he earns you money every year you own him. Uh, Gray, you have him projected in 2023 for 22 home runs, 30 stolen bases, 107, 101, and 293. Any, I mean, is there really anything you want to say about Trey Turner that the, the crowd doesn't know already? Yeah, so there's a few things. Okay, so uh, well, he's uh, he's now in Philly, but you can go back and listen to our last podcast and uh, and hear our thoughts about him moving to Philly. Um, but there was something though. So uh, Rudy's projections. I don't know if you saw this, but Rudy has Trey Turner at like 16 overall, <laughs> like after <laughs> Michael Harris the second. Now, honestly, we have. Uh, I think every year, or maybe even every podcast, at some point during the podcast, we're always like, we should have Rudy on and discuss <laughs> Yet, I don't think Rudy's ever been on the podcast. <laughs> so, he goes on other people's podcasts, just not ours. Actually, Trey Turner, I just refreshed the page. Uh, Trey Turner's at 17 overall. That's wild. Isn't uh, That's in the... So Rudy has um, projections for every league. So he has uh, 10 team, 12 team, 14 team, 15 team, 16 team, on base percentage. You name it. Rudy's got projections for them. So if you uh, if you need projections for like on base or OPS, I would go check out Rudy's rankings. Um, anyway, though, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's wild. I mean, at 17 for Trey Turner. After guys like Michael Harris II, who I don't necessarily dislike, by the way, but I'm just saying, after a guy like Mookie Betts, who I have much later, who we'll get to, after Freddie Freeman, who I have much later, who we'll get to. It's just so crazy to me that like Rudy's projections have Trey Turner so low. Um, and I was so I was asking him, I was like, you know, why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I uh, I was swinging a uh, a light bulb over his head as I interrogated him. No, I was like, what do you think is going on there? And I, I mean, I'm, you know, it was like, because Rudy's projections are fueled by uh, steamer projections. 
So, you know, I so it's like it's sort of like putting this all at Rudy's feet is not exactly correct. It's, you know, his his rankings are uh, fueled by Steamer. So if Steamer doesn't like a guy, then Rudy's rankings uh, won't like him. Uh, and, and it's not like 17 overall is, you know, really low, but it's much lower than I think you're going to find Trey Turner anywhere else ranked. And also ADP, I, I would think, uh, I don't actually have ADP open in front of me, uh, but I think he's like one or two. Um, he is Trey one. Turner. He is one. Yeah, he's one. Okay. So, yeah. So, it's like you're not getting Trey Turner at 17 overall. <laughs> you're basically just writing him off as, uh, you know, as a guy who uh, is off your sheet. Um, but, yeah, so I say, you know, I said to Rudy, and I and I think it it was it, what we ended up, you know, what he came, what it, where he came down on was, like, just the, uh, the loss of steals. So, Steamer has him projected for only 23 steals. That would be his lowest mark throwing out 2020 because, you know, obviously a goofy year. But throwing that out, uh, he is nowhere near that slow. <laughs> I don't I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, honestly, I mean, maybe it's just like the aging curve that they're assuming. Uh, uh, when I say they, I mean Steamer, that they're assuming that, you know, he's going to slow down this year because of uh, – an aging curve uh, that is, you know, worked into their uh, their rank, their projections. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's just, it was just interesting. I, honestly, I don't have an answer. I just found it interesting that he was so low because everything else, and we'll, you know, we'll talk about it as we go along with like Rudy's projections and and uh, rankings versus mine. But that's really the only one that kind of stands out. So, you know, I don't know how much more we're going to talk about it. <laughs> so, I thought I'd, so I thought I'd mention it. Yeah. Just it's, bring it it's up. Just yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's just crazy to me because I mean, Trey Turner, it, obviously Aaron judge was number one last year because you know, he had like one of the best years of all time, but Trey Turner was top five last year. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he's been top like 10 for like, years now like at the end of the year so even if you were to think he comes down a little bit you know he's still so productive and he's such a uh, a stalwart in like you know getting certain stats like five categories it's hard to see how he wouldn't be at least a top three pick like if you're in a uh, you know if you're in a league and you've gotten if you if you've lucked into the number one pick, say, and you and you take Trey Turner, and then the next draft you're in, and you luck into the number one pick again, I can see you mixing it up because you don't want to take the same guy every draft. But still, I mean, Trey Turner's been really solid for many years now, and it's hard to see like other than a fluke injury, which you can't you can't draft based on fluke and uh, potential for fluke injury. So, yeah, I, I'm, you know, I'm in at number one for him. Anybody could ride their bicycle and get hurt, Gray. I mean, that could happen <laughs> to anybody. Um, I mean, to not your just, point. Not just Tatis. Yeah. <laughs> to your point, though, I mean, he's he was fifth in sprint speed last year, 15th in hit, hit pitch to first base, fourth in the 90-foot splits, uh, bail rate, hard hit rate, all aligned with career norms. The only thing that was maybe slightly down was his average exit velocity. Like, I'm with you. I, I think this is a pretty easy call as a one to three pick if you're sitting in there. And he's sitting there available to you. Like, just take him and be happy that he was there. 
I really don't have any anything else to say other than if it's a daily league, I, I could see maybe Otani. That's that's probably the only other only other thing I can think of um, in regards to Trey Turner. Yeah, yeah, and we'll talk about Otani when we get to him. All right, so moving on to ADP two and also your number two. That's Jose Ramirez. Uh, you have him down for 33 home runs, 22 stolen bases, 88, 109, 269, which is a great season. Uh, I will say, and, uh, you know, I'm obviously holding you to the draft we did at the end of the season where you had him number seven, <laughs> and now he's going number two in your mind. So, Gray, actually, I drafted Bryce Harper in that draft, so we're just going to ignore that draft completely. But um, <laughs> but seriously, you're going to draft Jose Ramirez at two, Gray? Have you changed that much? Yeah. You know, he had a great off season. <laughs> he's really, he's really been working out. Really, I've watched some of his workouts on TikTok. They're they're really <laughs> great. Uh, no, honestly, I think the uh, you know at the year end, uh, the the big question mark for him was like his second half splits. He was not great in the second half. But at the time that we did that uh, top twenty five uh, for twenty twenty three podcast last year in September, we didn't know that he was injured. He had a uh, injured thumb. So that, that to me, that explains the downturn in the second half and why he, uh, you know, why he was going seven back in September. And now I've, I've moved him up to two because he had the surgery. He says he's going to be fine for the spring. I don't really have, you know, I don't have any insider information on whether or not his, uh, his thumb will be fine. I'm guessing it will though. I I don't see why it wouldn't. Um, you know, it's you know, it's a potential, I guess, that if we get to like mid-March and he's, you know, complaining about a sore thumb that maybe if you have the second pick, you don't take him. I mean, it's that's a possibility, but for right now, I don't really see any issues with like the surgery Supposedly was a success. He's supposedly going to be ready for spring training. So, you know, it, with that with that off the table as my one big, you know, worry with him uh, from last year, he looks fine again. I mean, he looks like a another, like, five-category guy that the only thing, uh, you know, maybe – maybe I'm hoping for a little bit more speed. Uh, you know, I was also – this is probably its own podcast, uh, but, you know, I, I also, because of the limited pickoffs, I've, you know, I upped a little bit. I upped a little bit on the on the speed guys, um, and I've, I've sort of, like, you know, like, what I'm thinking with the limited pickoffs, like, real super quickly, is that the guys who would garner a throw could potentially see an uptick of a couple steals. Like, not a lot, maybe a, a steal or two. Um, and then the guys who wouldn't garner a throw, like say, like, I don't know, say Anthony Rizzo or, or I don't know, Daniel Vogelback even <laughs> say like, a, like a guy, like, you know, a guy who wouldn't necessarily get a throw over. It's not going to matter if there are limited throwovers because he wouldn't get a throw over anyway. So it's not like it's going to up everyone's steals. It probably will only up the guys who already were stealing. So, and a little bit, I don't even think it's going to be that big of a deal, uh, honestly. So anyway, that was a little sidebar, but yeah, I have no, I have no worries for Jose Ramirez right now. Assuming the thumb is fine. I'm fine with him. Yeah. I mean, the, I guess the, the thumb is, is pretty much my concern. I mean, he did have surgery on it, which means, 
there's got to be recovery time. I mean, he's getting older, so does it recover like it would have a few years ago? I mean, these are these are concerns of mine, just enough that I don't know that I have him as my second pick. I don't have any problem with it. I mean, he's he's obviously proven year over year that he's he's a talented player. We can give you the power speed combo. So there's there's nothing there. The speed really hasn't fallen off. I mean, he's he's pretty much in the same same range that he's always been in regards to speed. Um, I, I think it, it actually benefits the smarter Steelers. So there are guys who are just fast. Like Trey Turner is straight up just ridiculously fast. Um, Bobby Witt, ridiculously fast. Like there are guys who are stupid, stupid, ridiculously quick. And then there are guys who are somewhat fast, but actually know how to steal. And I think that's kind of where Jose Ramirez falls. So I think kind of this, combination of the rules changing plus you know maybe his age kind of keeps him at the same level for me so I, I may not be adding anything to him but I don't think the steals necessarily fall off this year I'm just a little worried about the power yeah yeah I mean that's fair well you know I, I think uh he uh like Trey Turner and really like much of this first year and really the top 20 more or less their floors are are so solid that i'm kind of like if you're if you're saying 27 homers from jose ramirez and i'm saying 33 i'm kind of like i'll take 27 and you know as long like these picks as long as they're healthy they shouldn't hurt you that much you know yeah yeah i guess there's so one other thing to bring up real quick is just that both you and rudy have his average dropping into the 260s you have him at 269. Rudy has him at 262. He hit 269 in the second half when he was struggling. Is there something that you're seeing there, or is this kind of just a natural aging curve drop? I mean, he's never been like a, a Sherlock 300 hitter necessarily, um, but he did hit 280 last year. Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard. It, his numbers are are a little are a little difficult to uh, piece out because of the. Um, the second half because he's like you know his hard hit rate was so far down last year that you have to assume it had something to do with the thumb like his numbers in the second half were really kind of bad last year uh and so you're assuming like you know just so i'm assuming the first half is gonna first half last year is gonna be his full year this year so i you know i looked at that and i was like well you know, just giving it the just giving him the benefit of the doubt completely is like it feels like too generous. So you know, I I took a little bit off, and the natural you know curve of a guy's average who is just like who hits so many fly balls. I mean, he does hit a lot of fly balls. At least he did last year, and he has really all uh, he has really all his career. He's hit a yeah. lot of fly balls. Yeah. Like last year, he was over fifty percent on fly ball rate, which is. Uh, <laughs> a ton of fly balls so yeah i mean a lot of fly balls maybe you know last year a little bit of uh the aging curve yeah i mean so i was just like i i I try to be a little bit conservative on his average i think i think his power is going to be fine and he hits so many fly balls that i think all that's going to be good and I think his speed should be relatively, you know, like I already mentioned with the limited pickoffs and his speed should be relatively the same. So 
Yeah, that that was my only thing with his uh, his fly balls. I brought down the average a little bit, but okay. yeah, I uh, mean, it's potential. I mean, potential to hit two eighty. I mean, he hit two eighty last year, so I mean, it's there. It's a possibility. I just think it's a, probably a little bit more ceiling. Okay, yeah, that's uh, that's fine. I just wanted to ask you about it since I saw both you and Rudy had him down from where he was last year a little bit. Uh, moving on to number three, and this is a little bit format dependent daily, weekly, but you have Gotani, our Razball MVP, Shohei Otani. Uh, I mean, imagine having Mike Trout and then getting Otani and not making the playoffs ever. That's that's the Angels. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. Uh, last year, I mean, his, his historic season, 59, 2-3-3 RA, 101 whip, 166 innings, 219 Ks. He had a 33% K rate, a sub-7% walk rate. He had 34 home runs, 11 stolen bases, 90 runs, 95 273. I mean, he was ridiculous last year. You have him. I mean, I'm, I'm it's a lot of numbers to run through for Otani. So go look at the article. But basically, you have him for another amazing season, very much in line with what he did last year, Gray. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I feel like uh, assuming assuming he's healthy, it's hard to really expect much less than greatness. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> essentially, I mean, uh, you know, like it, it seems like he's capable of anything at this point. So, I mean, I, I think at a certain point, like 150 innings plus on like, you know, his arm every year, I think that's probably going to catch up to like his entire game and hurt his hitting, I would think. I mean, but, I, you know, I'm also basing that off of like, normal human baseball players yeah a normal <laughs> human being not even just you know baseball players <laughs> yeah i mean he seems like otherworldly so is he capable of keep doing it i mean i guess until we see him not do it we have to assume he's going to keep doing it right i mean once a player does something unless there's some big red flag in like uh in his babbit or if there's a big red flag somewhere in his stat line that is just like screaming you know this guy was lucky you have to assume the guy's gonna do it especially with otani he's done it two years in a row now so like why wouldn't he do it um but anyway on on him uh you know specifically I do, like you said, format dependent. I do think, like, if there's any leagues, like weekly leagues specifically, I would probably drop him, like, I don't know, I would say, like, probably, like, 13 to 15 overall. Um, so drop him, like, 10, 10 picks, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would probably say, like, in the 13... And the 13th overall range is probably where I would be looking at Otani. So, you know, shave like 10 picks off of them because you're getting, you're never getting the pitching, essentially. <laughs> Unless he has a two, a two week starting, like he has two games started, uh, a two uh, start week, and you really need the pitching. I can't even imagine, though. I mean, I can't imagine sitting him as a hitter just to get his pitching and his pitching is great. Like, don't get me wrong, but still seven games as a hitter versus two starts. I mean, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me. So you have to assume in a weekly league, you're never getting his pitching. So you're only, you're only drafting a hitter. This is this uh, ranking for third overall 
is for a daily league where you you can get like all his starts as a pitcher and also 85% of his hitting stats because you know if you're if you if you have to move him out of your lineup as a hitter and uh, and move him to pitching then you're going to lose the uh, hitting stats and gain the pitching stats so as a uh, you know as a daily league guy he's 3 overall in my eyes um and if you, there's any leagues where you have his pitching and hitting both, you get all the stats. Like, I think Fantrax was doing those leagues last year in some of their leagues. Uh, if you have any of those leagues, then he's, like, easily number one overall. I don't, I don't <laughs> see how you could draft him anywhere but number one, really. Yeah, if you can somehow yeah. combine both, that's uh, that's pretty amazing, and you should take advantage of that. Although, I mean, in a daily league, you, you basically get that. I think at some point... Throughout the year, I was doing Otani Tracker, and you lost some RBIs. I think you lost like two home runs and maybe one stolen base. So in at the end, you didn't lose that much on the hitting side when you started him in the daily pitching. Um, but it's just it would be nice to have both at all times and not have also, to worry about I it. I think uh, right. I think like I I don't want to say uh, every start because uh, it definitely wasn't every start. So he started twenty eight times. So if you do like an average of like, I don't know, three, then you're almost, it's almost 90 at bats you're losing from Otani's line. So, you know, and it's never, there's some starts he'll, you know, I think he he stops hitting when he gets pulled from the game as the pitcher. Not all starts, obviously, but some maybe. So, yeah, I mean, it's not terrible. You're not losing, like, I, I agree with you. You're not losing a ton on hitting, but you're going to lose at least 85 plus at bats yeah um yeah i mean you are i would say i think maybe you're dropping him a little bit lower than i would but i think we're in the same range i would probably have him 10 or 11 with just the just the bat because we're still talking about a you know 35 home run 10 steal maybe even more steal you know player uh, so I, i'm fine even taking him a little bit earlier than maybe you are but that's kind of here you know here nor there i will say it is nice if you get to that point at the end of the season where maybe you are kind of locked into hitting categories where you can flip it and start using him on the pitching side if that's what you're chasing but in general i'm i'm with you you're using him on the hitting side when you if you have right to choose. yeah um, no completely and also just a uh if anyone's interested rudy has shohei otani as a uh hitter only at 12 overall and he and this is 12 team uh 12 team leagues and as a pitcher only over and as a pitcher only he has him at 31 overall i would have him lower than that as a pitcher only but that's you know irrelevant for our top 20 discussion oh uh, yeah i mean you get 200 k's out of a as a, out of a sub three guy i mean that's it'd be hard for me to drop him too much lower uh I don't know. It, it just depends. And, and I think only, what, Yahoo and maybe one other place is doing the, the separate right. Otani thing. Um, yeah. So that's, I, I, Honestly, if you're doing pitcher-only Otani, uh, you, you might have to get your brain checked. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what you're doing. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, man. You, you let, him, let him hit, bro. <laughs> let him hit. Okay. Anyway, let's move right. on. Yeah, moving on to number four, Julio Rodriguez. Last year, as a rookie, he went 28-25 with 84 runs, 75 RBIs, hitting 284, 345, 509. You have him down for 32 home runs, 33 stolen bases, 104 
runs, 81 RBIs, and a 281 average. Rudy has him pretty much in the same ballpark with maybe some less steals, but pretty much in agreement that Julio Rodriguez is going to be awesome. He was 21st in average exit velocity, 14th in hard hit, 24th in barrel rate. He was 16th in sprint speed, 31st in 90-foot splits. Uh, maybe the only concern that I have is that he only stole four bases on six attempts in the second half versus 21 in the first half. Any worries about the sophomore slump? Uh, no. Also, you know, it's kind of, I don't know. I mean, it's, it goes without saying, I guess, uh, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> uh, the, uh, it's just so interesting how much recency bias <laughs> is like involved in rankings like Julio Rodriguez everyone you know and I'm I ranked him fourth so obviously I believe uh Rudy has him sixth overall so obviously Rudy's rankings uh trust him but it's just so interesting how like the recency bias with uh like rankings it's like oh yeah like Julio Rodriguez is now a top five guy like okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, moving along. I mean, I agree, you know. I, I mean, I totally agree. And I, I think, you know, it's it's hard to f- find much flaw in his game. It's like he is, like, probably the closest we have to a uh, a solid, like, 30-30 bet, which is, you know, it's hard to find. Um, I Yeah, I mean – yeah, he's great. I love him. It's just it's just so interesting. It's probably even like the Aaron Judge, who we have uh, ranked next, who we'll, we're about to get to. I mean, he might even be a better example of the recency bias where he was like ranked 25 overall last year. And now he's going, you know, in the top five. Yeah. Why don't you... <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> OK, yeah, we'll just go on Aaron Judge at number five. Uh, Yankees fans, as you mentioned, you're probably yelling at their podcast right now because he did come off of just a historic season, but that was last year, Gray. I don't give a shit what happened last year. We're on to next year. We're on to this year. What's he going to do for me this year, Gray? Well, you have him down for 41 home runs, 10 stone bases, 109, 102, and a 283 average. Uh, he led exit velocity, hard hit, barrel rate, WRC+, and Wobut, along with any number of things. I mean, there's the Goldilocks balls that we talked about last show. So if you want to hear us talk about that, you can go to last show. I mean, is is the what uh, Aaron Judge go? I have, that's all I got. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess I was, uh, you know, I I anticipate us talking about Aaron Judge because I have my rankings directly in front of my face. <laughs> but I mean, it goes back to the recency bias. It's like all of a sudden, Aaron Judge, like Aaron Judge on Rudy's rankings are number one overall. I'm a five. I can't argue with either, really. I can't, like, he's in my first tier, which means that, like, any of these guys are interchangeable. So if you were to take Aaron Judge one overall, I can't argue with it. I mean, but honestly, if you were to say that last year, wouldn't you have been, like, you've been laughed out of the room. People have been like, what? (laughs) Aaron Judge number one overall? Like, so what made him... What makes him number one overall now? Is it because he just had the greatest season ever? So people are assuming he's just going to repeat? Like, it's just like, oh, he just did it, so he's going to do it again. Like, no, that n- it never works that way. It, but I can't argue with it either. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, <laughs> like, I just don't, I don't know. I don't even know, like, really what I'm saying. I, I mean, it's just like, it's just so... 
it's just so fascinating to me that it's just naturally assumed that who performs last year is going to perform this year, and everyone just drafts like that. <laughs> They're just like, you know what? That's how I'm drafting because that's what they did last year. It's like, well. Yeah, I mean, I guess I in in a certain for you know in a certain way, I guess I'm doing the same thing with my rankings. I mean, I'm ranking Aaron Judge. Like, if I would have ranked Aaron Judge, I don't know, 25th overall this year, people would think I'm absolutely lost my mind. <laughs> they would have they would be throwing tomatoes at their computer screen. They'd be like, "Are you crazy?" But he was 25th overall last year, and no one had a problem with it. I don't know. Anyway, I, I, I think Aaron Judge is great. I mean, you know, specifically about Aaron Judge, as, as you said, my projections, uh, 40, 10, 280, uh, thereabouts. I mean, th- those numbers, you know, with the counting stats that you get from those numbers, it's hard to fault a top five overall pick if, if he does do that. And that's the projection. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in. I just... You know, I just find it kind of interesting that everyone's in suddenly. <laughs> oh, I, I I mean, I'm with you. I agree. I have him probably, I mean, I have him lower than you do, which is even crazier than general consensus is right now, um, which has him as, like you said, a top three player pretty much across the board, um, maybe top five at like, where you have him. And, and that's about as low as he's going in, in any draft. I'm Probably not take him at five, and I guess my thought process is, A, this is the first time he's ever stolen more than 10 bases. So you and you and Rudy both have him down for 10. I think that is – I mean, he could do it. He, he did 16 last year. There's ch- rule changes that benefit stolen bases, but I've not projected him for 10 again. So, like, that's part of my issue. And the other thing is every time, every year we have a great hitter who has their best season or an, an amazing season – and all of a sudden, they become, like you said, a top five player without question. But the problem is, like, when it when it's more hitting than, like, the combination of power speed like we get with a Trey Turner, like we get with a Jose Ramirez, a healthy Acuna, healthy Tatis, those kind of guys, when it's more power and counting numbers, like, those can change so drastically year to year. And then a, a guy who was number one overall, 2022, all of a sudden becomes – the 30th player and it's because the average drops below you know 280 or he doesn't drive in 130 on both sides like all those things can drastically drop a player's value that's really more power average and i don't expect again massive amount of speed from him so like he can be glad he can be the next guy that we're going to talk about jordan alvarez uh pete alonzo like there's a number of guys you can put up a 50 60 home run season with a great average and a ton of county numbers that could all be the number one power bat of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. So like I said, next up is number six, Jordan Alvarez, Captain Wukabano, Jordan. Last year he had 37 home runs. He had a stolen base, 95, 97. He had 306, 406, 613. Gray, you have him down for 43 home runs, one stolen base, 93, 112, and 304. I just mentioned how Aaron Judge led exit velocity, hard hit, barrel, WRC plus, Woba. Well, Jordan was second in all of them. So we have the one and two best hitters basically in the game from last year at five and six. Really no issue here other than what I just said, where it's just, just like if you're not taking speed, you're kind of counting all, all this counting stats to come. 
Yeah, no, completely. I think I think Jordan actually is right now being way, way undervalued. Uh, I think he's uh, where is he being drafted? He's number, he's being number dra- 11, 12, somewhere in that range. 11, 12. OK, yeah. So at like the uh, the turn for 12 team leagues. Yeah, I I think that's low. <laughs> I don't honestly Jordan Alvarez to me is like pound for pound the best hitter in baseball with Aaron Judge. Like that's like it's them it's those two guys, and then everyone else. Uh, maybe Vlad Jr. Number three, like you know, like ju- I'm saying, just pure hitter, like just like a guy who is gonna hit like hard line drives and like a really solid. Like Jordan Alvarez, I think I mentioned this in the rankings that he's like I think a better bet for a 300 average than even Aaron judge like Aaron, mm-hmm. like Jordan Alvarez. And I think he's probably a better bet for more homers too. Like if it's, um, you know, I know Aaron judge obviously just had, you know, the huge year and it's hard to discount like a guy who just like got the AL home run record. Um, and that even Roger Maris jr. Uh, agrees on that. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, Jordan Alvarez, like, I think has more power. Like he has more power. He kills lefties. He is so good, man. Like if it wasn't for his lack of steals, he would probably, he would be my number one pick. Like uh, honestly, easily over Trey Turner. I think he's, this is still the first tier. Um, so I, I'm still a big fan and I still, I could see taking Jordan Alvarez even over Aaron judge in some leagues, but yeah, I mean, I have them ranked the way I, I would I would probably draft them. You know, even though they're in all in one tier, I I still think you know I'd probably go Aaron Judge over Jordan, unless I was like you know like I said earlier about like wanting to mix it up. I I just drafted Aaron Judge in one league, so maybe I would want to take a Jordan. But yeah, I mean, Jordan's right there. I think he is like honestly. I think I, I like we're gonna see like a 2021 like 2021 when uh, Vlad uh, Vlad Jr. was the number one hitter on the player Raider. We're gonna see a year like that from Jordan at some point where he's gonna hit like 50 plus homers, a 320 average, 130 RBIs, 110 runs. Like there's gonna be a year we get from Jordan where it's gonna be like, oh, he's the best hitter in baseball. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's he is. He's an he's a phenomenal hitter. Um, I would say judge over him because you are going to get. Well, I said I don't think he's getting ten. I think you're getting a handful of stolen bases five, five, seven, eight, nine, somewhere in that range of, of stolen bases for Aaron Judge. You're getting maybe one from Jordan, and that's that's maybe if they just let him take the base. So that's really my only difference between them. Uh, that that's it. Uh, I will say, I have both of those guys lower than you do because I. I, I really do try and target uh, the power speed combo guys, whereas, you know, you're you're kind of going with the, the I mean, if they hit 45, 50 home runs and have 300 average, they're going to carry carry you on a lot of stats on those side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you just draft Jake McCarthy later. What? Oh, <laughs> robot. All right. Oh. So moving on to your second tier, your, your first break. Uh, and I actually have our first two guys up, you know, in the first tier and above a couple of the guys we've talked about. Um, and for what it's worth, so does Rudy. Rudy has these next guy, seven and eight at three and four on his current 12 team dollar values. Kyle Tucker comes in at seven. He went 30, 25 with 71 runs, 170 guys. He had 257, 330, 478. 
you have him down for 31 home runs, 20 stolen bases, 91, 105, 272. Uh, I mean, he doesn't have like the gaudy stat cast numbers that we just talked about with Judge and Jordan. He just kind of does everything well. That That's what you're getting yeah. with Kyle Tucker. Yeah, no, completely. I, you know, I think I mentioned the rankings that he's like, he's Mr. H, uh, uh, he's Mr. Uh, head to head. Like he is literally like every week, just like 0.75 homers, 0.75 steals, <laughs> like whatever his stats, uh, you know, uh, prorate out to, he does that every week. Like it, somehow he gets like 1.3 runs per week or something i don't know i don't know the exact maybe maybe it's more like 3.2 runs per week whatever it is whatever whatever it uh, goes out to it's really kind of remarkable i mean he is so steady like every week but yeah i mean you know he doesn't have like super gaudy stats. honestly if he were to have a year like you know not bad. I don't I don't think he's gonna have a bad year. Like last year he was twelfth overall on the player raider. I I think he he is so steady that he moved up to seven for me overall for like drafting. But if he ends the season at like between twelve and fifteen because his numbers are, are good but not great in any category, just really solid then he's probably going to be a, like a 12 to 15 overall guy at the end of the year, which I'm fine with. I'm fine drafting, you know, Kyle Tucker seventh and only getting like, you know, the 15th best stats. But I don't see him, like I mentioned with uh, Captain Wu uh, Cubano, Jordan uh, Alvarez, I don't see Tucker getting a number one type year, having a a player Raider, like a number one on the player Raider type year. I mean, it could happen, I guess, you know, anything could happen, but it's not, you know, it's not really necessarily like at, at like, I wouldn't put it at like, you know, good odds. Yeah. I mean, I think it's actually a very small adjustment that gets him to a, again, I I think you're right. And like, he, he may not have number one, like you almost have to have at this point, a borderline historic season based on the last few that we've had last few players to finish at one, like you got to put up an amazing season to be there. But I think the adjustment that gets him into like the top three, top five is simply he moves up in the batting order. Like Correa is gone. Brantley's going to get hurt. So like, he's not going to stay at the top of the order. So if he gets moved up to two, all of a sudden the counting numbers come up. If he's 110, 110 across the board with 30, 25, and he hits 275, 280 instead of 257. I think that's that's a top three, top five guy. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it, it's that's a that's a big part of like his uh, drawback because like even with the addition of Jose Abreu, like if we were if we are to believe uh, you know roster resource having Kyle Tucker at six overall. I don't know if that is accurate. I think, uh, like you said, I think Michael Brantley and him could switch. I think Kyle Tucker could hit second. Um, or maybe, you know, it's hard because they do have a good righty-lefty uh, on and off, uh, you know, a switcheroos going on. <laughs> I don't I'm talking <laughs> nonsense. But you know what I'm saying. They go righty-lefty yes. uh, well in their lineup. Yes, um, so, yeah, they're they're balanced. <laughs> 
That's the word I'm looking for. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Kyle Tucker could also stay at six, even if he only gets like, you know, 300 uh, or 200 at bats at six overall. I mean, not overall at six in the lineup. That's going to that's going to drop him at least five to seven spots in a player Raider if he's only getting the the six in in the lineups uh, six hole uh, counting stats six hole counting stats even a good it's a good lineup so don't get me wrong like the six hole in that lineup is probably is probably as good as a three hole in a lot of lineups but yeah he's gonna be missing out on on some runs I mean definitely he's gonna miss out on like at least fifteen runs that he would get at like you know the two hole or something. Yeah, I just like somebody in the Astros front office has to be calling Dusty and be like, "Look, you have to move Kyle Tucker up and Brantley down. Like Brantley is what you want Kyle Tucker to be, but Brantley did it like five years ago, and Kyle Tucker's doing it now. Like, just make the swap." Um, but it is it is Dusty, so there's always that stubborn old person thing. So um, it's fair, but I, that's that's my adjustment. That's why I like Kyle Tucker so much. Um, but moving on to number eight, another guy who I absolutely love, Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, last year, in his first year back, he went from injury. He went 15-29, 71 runs, 50 RBI, 266, 351, 413. You have him down for 26-30, 96, 68 with a 277 average. Rudy has him pretty much in the exact same area. Um, he was 31st in barrels, 20th in hard hit. 33rd in average exit velocity, so he was still hitting the ball, you know, with authority last year. He's going to be another year removed from the knee injury. I love Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, I have him at two. Back me off of two somewhere, Gray. Uh, You know, I think it just really comes down to the knee and the fact that, like, uh, last year at a certain point, he was saying his knee felt like a wet newspaper. So for for those – too young to know what a newspaper is. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain <laughs> it to you. No, I mean, honestly, I mean, there's nothing, like, totally to dislike. It's just, like, the fear of that knee injury that he had that is just, like, I, I just can't move him up. I I, I think I'm, a, I'm out on Acuna this year. I, obvi- obviously, I guess, because he's going at three overall uh, in ADP. You're saying two. I'm sure some people are taking him one. There's just, I mean, there's very little chance of me getting him at eight overall. I would take him, though. So, you know, I mean, you know, even with my caveat that I'm worried about his knee, I would draft him at eight overall. It's probably just lip service, though, because I don't think I'm getting him at eight overall. I just, I don't know. I, I don't trust the knee, really. I mean, that's all it is. I I just like I have I just have too much fear <laughs> about like my first pick, you know, having a, an issue like, you know, and, and obviously, you know, injuries happen to everyone. So you never know what's going to happen. But if I can avoid any sort of risk, I am really risk adverse in the first, especially in the first like couple rounds. Like I'm really not interested in like messing with anyone who's saying their knee feels like a wet newspaper. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. It's just not, I'm not, not, not happening for me. Yeah. I was encouraged by the steals. Like if, if you had flipped his line, if he had 29 home runs and only stole 15 bases, I'd be more concerned. The fact that he was running on it on his knee, that, that gives me some, 
some solace that he's he's fine and he'd be better this year. But I completely understand the concern. Uh, moving on to number nine is Bo Bichette, uh, your boy. I feel like you are you are the Bo Bichette fan club leader <laughs> over there. Uh, last year he went twenty four home runs, thirteen stolen bases, ninety one ninety three with two ninety average. You have him down for twenty five home runs, seventeen stolen bases, one oh six. 107, 86, 287. Talk to me about Bo Bichette. I mean, he's he's your guy. He's he's always been your guy, Greg. <laughs> you know, I, it's I, honestly, it's to me, it's kind of funny that he's my guy because, like Kyle Tucker last year, he was twelfth overall on the player Raider at the end of the year, and Bo Bichette was seventeenth overall. I mean, he, at two dollars of value separated the two, like. I, that I'm somehow become the Bo Bichette guy, like, and the, and the year before Bo Bichette tied his teammate Vlad Jr. as the number one guy on the player radar. So it's like he he had the number one year in 2021. Last year he was 17th overall. I, I'm drafting him in ninth overall. Somehow it's like I'm the only one that likes him. Like why? I don't I don't understand like why Bo Bichette doesn't have like more fans i i honestly i don't know i mean he's uh so he's a 25 homer hitter a 15 plus steel speed uh 290 ish average uh on his career he's hit 297 across uh, 1700 plate appearances so you could even say he's actually a 300 hitter yeah and he's in a great lineup he's gonna get great counting stats that's I mean, it, top 10 overall, uh, thereabouts, I mean, anywhere from like 9 to 12 overall is kind of Bo Bichette's spot in the rankings, or at least it should be, according to his projections and his stats. So, yeah, I'm, I'll draft him. I'm, I have no problem with Bo Bichette at all. I think he's actually, he's not only is he a tad underrated, but I think he's one of the more steady, like, um, uh, uh, producers like a uh, like Kyle Tucker, but I mean you can you can look at his numbers and there's an argument to be made that Bo Bichette and Kyle Tucker are the same, except Bo Bichette is going to give you more on average. Yeah, I mean that's that's one way to look at it. Uh, uh, the other way to look <laughs> at it is that he hit 257 in the first half and then had a 406, seven homer, four stolen base. September that completely bounced back his value um, after you were already out of the race and given up. So that's the other way to look at it against September pitching also, like not going against the best of the best. He's like the, uh, he's like the opposite of uh, Mr. Head to head. He's, he's when you're out of the, when you're out of the running for head to head, if you need a, okay, he had a good September to buoy his stats, but he had an amazing 2021 <laughs> and he's still only 24 years old. It's not like he can't get better. I mean, I get it. Or he's going to be 25, or maybe he is 20. Now he's turning 25 in March. Anyway, I, I think he's he's still like in the prime of his career. I mean, you could say like I I think it's safe to say he's anywhere from like a 22 homer to 27 homer, 15 steal to 20 steal, 280, 
to maybe 300 average like i mean and those are all like and good counting stats so i mean if you know i mean those are solid floor numbers i don't know yeah I, i'm also a little bit down on his speed like i i mean i think i said it even when we were talking about bobachet last year at this time like he's not really that fast like he's He's kind of that secondary guy that I was talking about where like he knows what to do because he's been in baseball his whole life. His dad's obviously who he is. So like he's smart about it, but he's not actually that fast. So I just don't know stolen bases stay up. I mean, he had 13 last year. He got caught eight times. Like, are they really going to ask him to try and steal 20 bases when he gets caught 12 times with 20 stolen bases? Like, I don't know. I mean, again, maybe this helps him this year with the new rules, with the pitch clock, with the checkovers. Like, he's the type of guy I think it could it could potentially help him a lot. Like, he can, for fantasy purposes, he could get back over 20. And I, I don't think with the existing rules from last year, he was ever going to get back above 20. Yeah. All right. Point, counterpoint. <laughs> Let's move on. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, another guy who fell in our, our – draft that happened right after the 22 season uh Mookie Betts and I think the reason that I'm always like up and down on him is because a he's up and down but like when he's supposed to be elite he disappoints us when we think he's washed and done he's elite um I don't really have any reason other than that to say he's not gonna have another top season but like there's just I have like a gun shy thing on Mookie Betts after a great season like it's so hard for me to pull the trigger again yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I don't necessarily disagree. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. It's a, uh, it's, it's hard to look at like his numbers and be like, you know, because he just hit thirty-five homers. It's hard to look at that and be like, oh yeah, he's going to totally repeat that. So it's like, well, and then the year before he hit twenty-three. So it's like, oh, I mean, that's a huge <laughs> difference. That like, what, where do you plant your flag that he's going to hit? Like, you know, it's hard to really, it's it's hard to pinpoint like what he's going to do. So that's always a little tricky when it comes to like, uh, you know, early picks. You want, you know, like we keep saying, you want as, as steady a production as you're going to find. And when you have someone who's going to go and hit like 23 homers one year and 35 the next and and hit like two, you know, it looks like he's become a, a 265 hitter. I mean, that at least has sort of like plateaued, which, you know, it's not necessarily plateaued in a great place, but mm-hmm. it, it does seem like he's now a 265 hitter. So at least you have that. And then, you know, his steals, I do think his steals were a little low last year, but I mean, that's just sort of, it's kind of going on my gut more than anything. Like, uh, steamer, what does steamer have him for? Like 15 steals. I have him for 16. Uh, he hasn't, he hasn't stolen 16 since 2019. So I might be a little bit high even on his steals, but yeah, I don't know. I just think with the Dodgers, uh, Dodgers lineups a little bit depleted. I could see bets running a little bit more and then you have the limited pickoff move. So yeah, I, I bumped up his steals a little bit. I might've bumped him a little too high if I'm being honest, but yeah, I, 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 Honestly, I also am a little gun shy on Mookie Bat. <laughs> I I don't necessarily know, like, because here's the thing too, like, because I'm only one guy. <laughs> Surprisingly, because you know I I write so much, you would be like, he's got to be three guys, right? Now I'm one guy, so I only do so many drafts, and if I'm getting to the tenth pick, 
and I have my, my first pick is out there, there's a good chance Bo Bichette is going to be available. And I have Bo Bichette ranked above Mookie Betts. So it's like, how many drafts am I taking where I'm possibly getting Mookie Betts? I'm probably never drafting him, if I'm being honest. Like, because it's just unlikely that Bo Bichette would be taken before me. So if I have the 10th pick, I'm just taking Bo Bichette at 10. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I completely get it. And like you mentioned, I mean, Bo Bichette's dropping to, to 14, 15. Uh, Mookie Betts is going right around 10. Like, that's where he's he's going. So you're just not, if you're being be, be put into that situation, we know you're going Bo Bichette more often than not. Um, yeah. And honestly, when you're taking these early picks, it's, it's not even just about, like, getting stats from these guys. It's also about knowing kind of what stats you're getting so you can build a plan for the rest of your draft. Whereas if you're looking at Mookie Betts, you're like, I don't know if he's going to hit 16 or 35 home runs. Like, do you go with more power or do you need to fill in, you know, where where are you filling in your gaps? So it makes it, it makes it harder to kind of identify your game plan moving forward as well. Right. Yep. Agreed. All right. Moving on to number 11, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., cake batter. Last year he had 32 home runs, eight stolen bases, 90 97 with a 274 average. You have him down for 33-8, with a 283 average. So pretty much in line with what he did last year. Rudy's actually got him for 40 home runs, six stolen bases, and a 293 uh-huh. average. So Rudy loves Vlad. He's back in. I'm guessing he's going to have a lot of Mr. Batter. Uh, yeah. Tenth exit velocity, 16th and hard hit. I mean, he he's a great hitter, Gray. Rudy, this falls back to what I was saying earlier, though. Rudy's going to have a lot to explain when we never have him on the podcast. <laughs> when he goes on somebody else's podcast. <laughs> yes. They ask why. Why they think Gray on someone and, else's podcast. <laughs> I'll, I'll Gray and B Don hate you, Rudy. Why do they hate you? <laughs> you traitor. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It is actually, I was shocked. <laughs> Vlad was another one where I was kind of shocked that, like, in uh, in Rudy's rankings, he has Vlad number two right after Aaron Judge. He has uh, Judge, Vlad, and Acuna. Um, yeah, it's just so wild <laughs> that he's got Vlad so high and hitting 40 homers. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's, I mean, it's possible, obviously, hit 48 homers uh, in 2021. So it's possible. I think 2021 was fueled a bit by the minor league parks. And I don't know if, you know, his launch angle last year was 4.3. Uh, 4.3 launch angle ain't getting to, you to 40 homers. I, I, don't, I don't care how hard you hit the ball. It, he, needs, he needs to up his fly ball rate. Um, Vlad Jr., that is. Uh, not Rudy, <laughs> if that wasn't clear. Um, I like him, though. I mean, like I said before, when I was uh, naming the best hitters in baseball, it's like Aaron Judge, Yordan, Vlad Jr., Juan Soto. I mean, there's like certain guys who are just great hitters. They're not necessarily great for fantasy, but they're great hitters. And Vlad's one of them. I mean, I think Vlad's a great hitter. I just don't know. Like, you know, not great for speed. I don't think he's going to have 40 homers like Steamer's projecting. So, yeah, I, I like him, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any issue with, you know, Vlad at all here. Or, I mean, like I said, he could be he could be better than Jordan. He could be better than Judge. Any number of these these guys that we're talking about as some of the best hitters in baseball could have that magical season. 
I mean, if you if we saw forty two ninety three from Rudy last year for Vlad, nobody would have said anything though because of the right. the recency bias. He had just put up forty eight yeah three eleven right. So no, like. Agreed. <laughs> totally, I mean, no, I totally agree. No, no, I totally agree. But if you look at his launch angle, yeah, his launch I, angle yeah. in like his launch angle in 2020 was super low. Then it bounced up in 2021, and it looked like he was becoming more of a power hitter. But then it reverted back in 2021. Right. I mean, 2022. So it looks more like Christian Yelich to give you an awful name. <laughs> That's I mean, terrible. Don't I mean, put that on. Don't put yeah, that on. I don't, I don't want to put that. I don't want to put those ground balls on Vlad Jr. But I mean, but maybe he, gets he, the barrels. He, he, needs, um, he needs to get a, his. Yeah, he needs to get his long jack up a little bit. Yeah, let's get him in a home run derby like before the season starts. Just, <laughs> just <the> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let's get both these guys. Let's get Juan Soto number twelve in a home run derby before the season starts too. Um, I mean, is there anybody? Gray that takes a, a a kind of a you're just ignoring last season and B somebody who gets a bigger bump in OBP like two of those two things are all true of Juan Soto like you're just yeah. ignoring what happened last year if you're taking him as it is a top player yeah no totally like I was saying in the rankings that like he had he him and Bonds were the only guys since 2000 that had multiple years in the top 13 overall for walk rates um, for a season for a single season. That's pretty remarkable considering Juan Soto is only, you know, he was only 23. Uh, he's going to be, he's 24 now, but he was 23 last year. Um, yeah. That's, that's how ages yep, work. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's remarkable though. If you consider like all these guys, like in 22 seasons, like Joey Votto has only had one year in the top 13 and Juan Soto's had multiple. Like that's crazy for a guy that young. So yeah, I mean, he gets a huge bump in on base. Uh, I also think there, there's also a year from Juan Soto. Like he's still so young. I would not be shocked at all. If we saw a year uh, like 50 homers, 320 average, like a triple crown year from Juan Soto. It would not shock me at all. Maybe 45 homers, like 45 homers, 330. Just one of those years that's like you keep talking about a guy who has just like a number one on the player Raider type year. I can see that from Juan Soto. Will it be this year? I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. (laughs) It's like impossible now. Yeah, absolutely. But yes, I'm I'm in on Juan Soto. I am one of those people that will just ignore last year and just take him to be, give us everything that he's always given us, which is, you know, 30, 35 home runs, a 300 average, all the county numbers that come with that. So I, if you're looking for that kind of bat, I really don't mind taking Juan Soto at a discount this year, assuming he comes at any kind of discount. And it, it seems like he is, at least based on kind of kind of early drafts. I mean, anywhere from he's going eighth overall, but down to, you know, 15th, which is almost unheard of for Juan Soto last year. Mm-hmm. Moving on to your third tier, uh, Corey Feldman and Corey Haim filming, filming dream, a little dream. Uh, starting at the top is Manny Machado who went 32, nine, 100, 102, 298 last year. You have him down for pretty much the same thing, except you're giving him a drop in average. You and Rudy both have him down for kind of a high 260s average versus the 298 from last year. Uh, I mean, Machado, from what is 
pretty consistent as things go and what you're going to get from him, right? Yeah, no, uh, one of the more consistent guys. Uh, yeah, I think his uh, his Babbitt was a little high last year at 337 uh, to get a 298 average on the year. So, yeah, I mean, so I brought the average down a little bit, but mm-hmm. I, I think I think Machado is basically like you know if you want. I mean, where he's going in drafts, it depends on how deep the league is, obviously. But in a 12-team league, I mean, you're kind of you're you're your second pick at this point. Like you're like if you're taking, you know, Vlad, say Vlad and Machado. Well, you you might be a little bit low on steals, <laughs> but if you're taking Vlad with your first pick and Machado with your second, I mean, you know, it's uh, it's hard to argue too much with like getting your two corners like locked up. So yeah, I mean, I I like Machado. I think he's, I think he's probably you know, not necessarily like I don't see the big upside necessarily, um, but I think he's probably like floor wise, maybe you know, a hair lower than, like, Vlad, you know, going back to Vlad. Like, he's essentially, like, 30 homer, 30 homers, 7 to 10 steals, 270-ish average, which is, like, you know, Vlad minus, like, maybe 15 points on average. Yeah, he's kind of in that next tier of hitter. Like, there's the the four or five guys we've talked about as the best, and then there's guys like Machado who are – you know, again, very great hitters, but like we'd probably cap his home runs, even in like his best season ever. If it happened at age 30, probably like 40, 40 home runs. He did, you know, 300 like he did last year. And that, that, that'd be his career year. But the guys that we're talking about, like Soto, like Jordan, like they could put up almost, you know, 50 plus home runs with 330 type years, like stupid numbers, just absolutely ridiculous. Yep. All right, a guy that uh, is coming in at 14 for you that you're not going to get at 14. I can I can just tell you that right now, especially if you're in drafts with me, Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, you could have just just tagged me in your name, your your quote from the article, Gray. Uh, the quote is, the people who are drafting BWJ over guys like Soto and Vlad Jr. are just trying too hard to be cool. Well, I am cool, Gray, and I'm t- drafting Bobby Witt Jr. over both of them. So what? <laughs> He went, he went 20 home runs, 30 stolen bases, 82-80, 2.54 last year. You've got him down for 24-24-91-77-257. Come on, Greg. Come with it. <laughs> well, okay. So, hostility aside. <laughs> sorry. I did. I fired the first shot. I should, you know, I should be able to handle it. Uh, you know. Honestly, so we got you know Rudy's rankings have him at twenty five overall. <laughs> so I'm I'm above that at least. No, I just I honestly like looking at his numbers. You know, I I went in with a relatively clean slate going into the rankings, and when I was looking at him, I just couldn't figure out how to get his power any higher. <laughs> like I just and his on base percentage was just so bad last year at two ninety four. I'm really kind of, I'm a little bit worried that like his average could really bottom out, which, you know, I mean, I don't think like his steals, like you said earlier, he's fast. He needs to get on base. So, you know, he can't steal first as the old adage goes. So he's fast though, like you said earlier. So I get that he does have power. I don't know if like the power is going to get to the level where like, 
if he can get to say 30 plus homers and the steals go back to, if he basically if he has a 30 30 year and he hits 240 i'm still fine with it I, i'm 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 fine with it if the average drops out if he gets to like 30 30 it's just like it's so much it feels like so much like you know uh a just like trying to like figure out how to boost up a guy who i'm not really necessarily sold on as being a top 10 guy like he to me he feels like a guy who's going to disappoint uh, i don't know i i i'm i'm you know i i'm reluctant to say that about a guy who's so young and has so much upside but he just feels like someone who's just like like a lot of the stuff like his his walks and obviously walks don't matter with uh you know unless you're in an on-base percentage league but it just concerns me when he's a guy who has to hit to get on base. If he just gets a little bit unlucky, I mean, he really could go sideways. So I'm I'm a little bit concerned. And it's honestly, I still have him at 14 overall. So it's not like I'm saying like, you know, he's at 25 overall, like uh, Steve, like Rudy's rankings. Like I'm still relatively high on him even though i have a lot of concern but i have too, way too much concern for like he's going at what seven overall on adp he's going so much higher than this like there's no way i'm drafting bobby witt jr this year no you're not because i will uh <laughs> i mean you basically get like the reverse of bobachette's number so you get more speed less power um way less but you get dual eligibility. I mean, that's assuming he gets another 400 September in. Sure. Absolutely. But he was uh, in 257. You're talking, was, you're talking about a guy who's a 297 hitter in his career. And you're and you're putting and you're hanging all his numbers on one September? Come on, but Did man. he or did he not play that really great year you keep talking about in minor league ballparks? True <laughs> or false? True <laughs> or false? <laughs> I'm not agreeing. that. <laughs> Did you not just say this about Vlad? Did you not that I'm done agreeing with you. No, I'm done agreeing. All right, all right. We're moving on. We're moving on. A guy that I don't have in my top 40, you have at number 15, uh, (laughs) Freddie Freeman. I wouldn't touch him with a 40-pick long pole, Gray. He went 21-13. Did you say a 40-pick long pole? Yep. That's that's exactly what I said. Good. That's a good line. (laughs) Um, That – uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hear. Go ahead, say the stats. Go ahead. Okay, so last year he went 21 13, 117, 100, 325. You have him down for 25 home runs, 10 stolen bases, 106, 91, and a 309 average. I mean, he's had over 10 stolen bases once in his career. Two months last year, he had one home run in the entire month, Gray. I am worried. <laughs> I am so worried about Freddie Freeman just falling off the face of Earth. Like, <laughs> Honestly, I am too. <laughs> I, I, said I didn't want to agree with you ever again, but I am also worried. I'm I'm truly concerned because he feels like he's becoming like the uh like the guy who is just hits like an empty like gets an empty 300 average with like counting stats and has no like no real power and no real speed. I'm concerned, absolutely. <laughs> I'm I'm right there with you. So I'm not I'm not able to defend <laughs> him being like a fit like he's he's getting drafted before this. By the way, he's getting he's getting drafted on average before this spot. And also 
Rudy's rankings have him. Oh, Rudy has him at 16 overall. So, you know, <laughs> essentially the same. <laughs> I'm not, uh, I can't, I can't blame Rudy for this. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm with you. I'm concerned. I, I think, you know, Dodger Stadium is a great park uh, for homers. So hopefully last year was a bit of a blip with his power coming down. But it is a little bit of worrisome when you see his launch angle and, it being like essentially the same, like he's like a 13.6 launch angle should not produce a 21 homer season unless the guy is losing power, which it kind of seems like. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pretty concerned too. If I'm being yeah. honest, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not taking him there. Jose Altuve is currently the 36 player off the board, Gray. Like, I, I 100% expect Jose Altuve to have better numbers than Freddie Freeman. Like, across the board, other than maybe maybe runs in RBI. Maybe just RBI, even. Yeah. Because Altuve is usually a runs leader. I mean. I know. I, I, but, oh, again, in fairness to Freddie Freeman, he was third on the player radar <laughs> oh, yeah. last year. With 13 yeah. stolen bases. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> but he did do it. I mean, he, he was third. He was third right after Aaron Judge and Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt, who we haven't ranked yet. We haven't talked about either. <laughs> we haven't talked about. But yes, Freeman was, I don't know. I mean, he's got a long track record. You have to assume, even if things go sideways with his power and speed, <laughs> sounds awful. But even if he, if his power and speed are not even as low as, as low as his power was last year, even if he doesn't reach the the huge peak of 21 homers <laughs> you have to assume he's going to get 100 runs like 90 plus rbis hit hit around 310 like he's a great hitter so unless things get really bad the floor isn't awful i will say i am a worried i am also worried about the average because when the power starts to drop <laughs> the average can be next like if he's a 275 hitter gray like 275 21 even with yeah. 900 is not that good it's not a top 15 player it's not even a top 25 player you done i i said i didn't want to agree with you anymore <laughs> okay so. all right we'll move on, I'm, move I'm, on. I'm, I'm, i want to move on all right we're gonna talk we're gonna move this one along a little bit because we are getting a little bit long here this whole tier is kind of similar um that we're talking about corner infielder guys a little bit more power in some a little bit more average in others but at 16, Pete Alonzo, 17, Austin Riley, and 18, Rafael Devers. Let's talk about these three because I think it kind of just depends on what you're looking at. I agree with the order. I've, I've now joined you on the Riley over Devers. I think I was the other way at the end of 22. Uh, but I think the power from from Riley is just, just enough to kind of take me over the edge there. Um, right. Yeah. No. So I, I think, you know, honestly, with uh, ADP looking at that, I think there's a good uh, – there's a good case to be made that Riley's uh, underrated. Like he's mm-hmm. going, he's going at 23 overall. Pete Alonso's going at 20 overall. I think you know, I, there's a good chance I have Riley in a lot of leagues. Like he looks to me like basically Pete Alonso minus like I don't know three homers. Like Pete Alonso is Pete Alonso is a yeah if that right exactly. Like Pete Alonso is a solid bet for 40 homers. Riley's a solid bet for 37 homers. That's basically like one hot week of a difference in a power. I think Riley is a better bet for average, 
So Riley versus Alonzo kind of is like, I, I feel like it's a toss up. Like that's why they're in the same tier for me. Like they're essentially the same. Uh, you know, I think, you know, there's no real speed for me either of them, but yeah, I mean, draft something else for speed. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and then Raphael Devers, I think is a, uh, is a, a third, like a, a strong third, but still a third there because like his last year, his his power was down, but assuming the Red Sox aren't completely crackers and crazy that they're like, you know, they just gave him a, a long deal. So they must they must know his health is fine. You know, last year it was more about an injury versus like a real like like nothing was wrong with his peripherals. It was just like he had an injury. He didn't have a great second half, but that. I think you can pretty much just like discount all his second half, like we did with uh, Jose Ramirez earlier. So I'm fine with Rafael Devers, but again, as I was saying earlier, when it comes to like you know drafting, I was saying it in regards to Mookie Betts, but it's like if Pete Alonso and Riley are above Devers for me, and Devers is above Riley in ADP, it's going to be hard for me to draft Devers if we're being totally honest. But I would if he were there. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you, and I've I've always liked Alonzo. Uh, I do think there's he he's a guy that I, I don't necessarily think there's like the 330, 50 home run season, but I think there's potentially like a 285, 60 home run season in there because we know how hard he hits the ball. Riley, I mean, he hits the ball just as hard, so there's really both of them could up put up 50 plus home run seasons. Um, both. Both are actually trending it completely in the right direction. Like they both just keep getting better and better season to season. So yeah, it would no, not be surprising to me that they're the top hitter, like power hitter at the end of the year. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I totally agree. I think the oh man, I said I wouldn't agree with you. Anymore. Oh, uh, do it yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. But I think with Riley though, also like, you know, people were uh, assuming that like Matt uh, Olsen was coming in to replace Freddie Freeman, but Riley has actually become Freddie Freeman. Like, if you're looking for like Freddie Freeman, uh, that's it's really Riley now. Like, 35 plus homers, 275 plus average. Like, he's solid. Like, yeah, he's he's a great player. I mean, they did they did a great job locking him up, uh, as they do with a lot of guys. It's just been amazing. Uh, number 19, you're not going to get him here, but we'll talk about him. Corbin Burns. Um, basically, you're just saying he's your number one pitcher, right, Greg? Yeah, yeah, he's my number one pitcher. And then when we uh, when we talk about pitchers in our pitcher podcast, or our, our multiple pitcher podcasts, <laughs> when, we, <laughs> when we have to talk about 100 of them, yeah, I mean, we'll talk more about pitching. But, yeah, I just – I'm not drafting a pitcher in the top 20. <laughs> this is never happening. Yeah, this is just a lie. This is just to yeah. get him in here, Greg. Yeah, this is just – this is just to rank him, really. I mean, it's it's <laughs> irrelevant. I would never draft a pitcher in the top 20 overall. And honestly, it seems to me that a lot of people are starting to uh, pay attention. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're – maybe they're, it just happens that this is the way uh, – fantasy baseball is going right now with like the dead ball. And I don't know, I, I'm not sure exactly why, but it seems like more people are, are moving towards like not drafting a pitcher in the top 20. Cause like, I, I don't know how many it was last year, but I want to say like four pitchers in the top 20. How did the Lucas Giolito in the top 20 go guys? <laughs> How'd that go? Oh. 
agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, we saw turnover. Plus, we saw a lot of guys. Hey, beat on. Had had the Walker Bueller in the top twenty go. Oh, that's <laughs> good. Hey, hey, didn't you just say we can't predict injury, Gray? Isn't that? Yeah. Didn't I hear that just and come out of your mouth? We kind of yeah, knew. How about Julio Urias go though? That went pretty well. I mean, we kind of knew Walker Bueller wasn't going to be great last year though. I mean, we did. did we, we knew it. We knew it. Did we, all right, we're moving on. We're moving on. Last guy here, and then we'll get out of here. It's been a long podcast. Last year, sixth year, somebody once told me, Fernando Tatis Jr., he's going to miss 32 games right off the top. I mean, he went 42-25, 99-97, 282, and 130 130 games in 2021. So, I mean, he's going to play almost that many games, Greg. Yeah, I know. I was just uh, sorry. I was just looking to see where his ADP is. So his ADP is around here. So there's a chance you can get him. Um, I really want him. I ho- I hope I get him in at least one league. I kind of want him in multiple because this is like this is kind of the the year that you're gonna have like where it's gonna be like this is the last this is either the last chance to get him. Like this is gonna be a very important year for Tatis because it's gonna be either the last chance you can get him. At this late in the in the game, like he's either going to do really well and be a top three pick next year, or he's going to be so awful and people are like, "Oh my god, it's, it's steroids this whole time!" <laughs> oh my god, like and you know, looking back at his uh, his dad's career, I, people won't people may not remember this, but his dad was really good for one year. Really, <laughs> really a, stupid good for one year. <laughs> He was like really incredibly good for one year and then he <laughs> fell off. So I I mean I don't wanna put I don't wanna put that on don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby. Yeah, I don't wanna put it on Ricky Bobby right now, but I mean it's really like if Tatis is bad this year, there's gonna be some real people who are like totally out on him. Like this is gonna this is gonna be a really important year for his uh career. Um I want to believe, and I really I want to draft him because I I think I think the talent is is just it's too overwhelming. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be like you know thirty plus homers, uh, almost you know twenty ish steals, a two eighty ish average. Like I think I think it's going to be good. And if he's coming back with something to prove, I really like the narrative, man. I really I really want to get Fernando Tatis Jr. in like multiple leagues. Because I think he could be like a league winner if we, if you're getting like you know if you're drafting say I don't know uh, where would you have to be drafting to get him say if you're so if you're drafting like Vlad Jr. and then you're turning around and getting like Tatis Jr. then you know the, don't get any more juniors because you're at your junior <laughs> limit but <laughs> but I really like I like the I like the Fernando Tatis Jr bounce back this year. I'm really I'm kind of excited for it. So, we'll see. Yeah, I I'm really excited for it too. I, I think he's he's you know, if we have to predict which side he ends up on, I'm going to say like you're never going to get him outside the top 5 if we just have to place our money somewhere. But even if it even if it goes bad, like I think at worst he's he's like what you th- think of when you think of like Javi Baez before last year, like going to get you, you know, going to hit, hit home runs. Cause he hits the ball hard. He's going to steal some bases because he's yeah. smart enough on the field. Like That's actually a good comp. Like a worst case scenario, you're getting 25, 15. 
Yeah, exactly. Which is perfectly yeah. fine. It's I mean, you're, you're hoping for more, but like I feel like that's the bottom barring another injury. Like he's gonna he's gonna play. He's gonna hit the ball hard. He's gonna run. Like all that's gonna happen. He may swing and miss a little bit more. There may be an adjustment period, so there there may be some some decline there. But like Javi Baez type season isn't the worst thing to think there. Right. Yeah. No. Agreed. All right, Gray. So I think that wraps us up on the top 20. I know we went a little long here, but a lot of these positional podcasts do just because we're trying to get it all in. Uh, Don't want to bring you back for like four guys. We have to talk about at the very end. Um, As always, if there's specific questions or anything, you can come find us on Twitter. I am at RazBedon. Gray is, of course, the owner of the at RazBall account. Go subscribe to Patreon. There's anything that you're spending $10 on a month. You can go spend it on Patreon, get all the rankings, get all the projections out front early, get the draft room. The war room itself is worth your money. Believe me, I use it in every single draft. Uh, follow us on YouTube.com slash Fantasy. I will be releasing these shows out there before they get released on the pod, just as I did last year. So you'll get a little bit of your information earlier than the people just waiting on audio as well. Until next time, Gray. Talk to you later. All right, let's.